Okay, folks, welcome to the show. We're here at the uh, the Shooter's Choice uh, hunting and special target event. We've got Neil yeah. from Vortex Optics. Yeah. Uh, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, Appreciate thank it. you. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about binos. That's right. our first big question. Like yeah. Objective lenses, how they work, stuff like that. But people are uh, are interested in Me figuring especially. that out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm yeah. Not, uh, not well, well, here's the deal. And I've been in the optics business for decades yeah. and kind of dating myself here. But um, a lot of people, most people that have binoculars don't get the full enjoyment and usage out of them. Uh, number one, because they don't know how to adjust them properly for their own eyesight. And it's critical. We've got resources online that, t- that shows you how to adjust them for your own eyesight. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, even for as a bow hunter, um, uh, I'm always uh, have my binoculars or monocular with me. Uh, yeah. Not necessarily looking at deer or bear, but uh, just uh, look just taking in uh, God's great creation, right? And just seeing what's what's around you. Yeah. So for me, binoculars are, are key, key for me. And I think we had talked about what do the numbers mean, right? And a lot of people get yeah. confused, like what what is eight by forty two, and what's so it's quite simple um the first number eight or it could be 10 or 16 or whatever that's actually magnification so what does that mean it's uh basically the um how much closer the binocular will bring you than the naked eye oh so if you've got an eight hour uh, binocular it will bring you eight times closer than what your naked eye yes yeah. uh, okay and here's I'm going to give you a little tidbit uh, for your next. Whenever you at a you at a cocktail party, you can correct someone. So a lot of people say a pair of binoculars, right? Yeah. I got a pair of binoculars, but it's actually not a pair of binoculars. It's yeah, it's binoculars. Yeah. So a yeah. pair of binoculars would actually be two sets of binoculars. Yeah. Because technically, wouldn't it be a pair of binoculars? Yes. Yeah. 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 It's actually a pair of binoculars or one binocular. Yeah. So yeah. it's not a pair of. Binoculars. That's a good point, actually. Yeah, you're right. I'm all straight, right? We're like, listen, Excuse we me, spoke to the Vortex guy, and he told us, listen here. Um, yeah, no, that's great information because, like you say, I think a lot of people don't understand how they work, and it's, it's nice to know. Um, so, uh, yeah, and the second number, it's 8 by, like it could be 42 or 32 or 50. So that's actually the diameter of the front lens element, right? It's in the okay, okay. So if it's 8 by 42, that's the diameter. 42 millimeters is the diameter of the front lens element. Okay, so okay. So you're looking at me and you say, like, who cares now? Who cares about that? Yeah. But that's actually um, the ability for the binocular to pull in more light. Right, right. So the larger the lens element on the front, or the bigger that number, whether it's 42 or 50, Yeah. That's the ability or the function or the performance of the binocular in low light. Okay, okay, okay. So a lot of people will look at binoculars and they'll see like a real compact, uh, compact binoculars, maybe with a small lens objective like a 32 or a 30 or a 24. Yeah. They pack great, but the rubber meets the road, especially as a hunter when we're hunting, you know, a half hour before sunrise and half hour after sunset. Yeah, the low yeah, light. The whole light yeah, right? Small binoculars, um, great in broad daylight, 
but they don't compare to a full um, full size binoculars, maybe right, like right. forty two or a fifty millimeter objective. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. So there's That's a lot of trade offs with Rice. We're getting the trade offs now with the compact no. binoculars, right. and the full size binoculars. Yeah, yeah, and I mean that gets a little more individual. Stick what yeah, your yeah. specific needs are. First. Yeah, but as hunters, I mean, for you, uh, I'm mostly sitting under canopy of trees, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you need that. You need that light. Um, yeah. Um, a, a small, um, small binoculars or small optics, it's more difficult to yeah. um, discern that detail. Yeah, I think it, like you were saying earlier, like some people just when they go in to buy a set of binos, they just buy like the biggest set. That they can get their hands on, figuring that that's going to be the best. I think it's all about horsepower. If I've got yeah, yeah. power binoculars, that's going to be the best. And it ends up not being the case a lot of the time, yeah. right? Because if, like you say, if you're hand holding them at all, that's going to be quite a difficult to vibrate so and move around. Right? Yeah. So I recommend if you're hand holding binoculars, don't yeah. go to anything greater than ten power. Ten, right? Because twelve, you just start to see shape. Yeah, you won't be able to lift through them as long as you can with the lower power, and and yeah. as you can't, things start shaking. Your eyes start working harder. Your brain's fighting with your eyes, and you'll get a headache. Right. So if you do want, you know, higher higher power binocular, maybe for the cottage or put on the back deck, is uh, most binoculars you can mount them on a tripod. Yeah. So again, you know, get a tripod, um, tripod, and a tripod mount for your binoculars. Yeah. And, uh, that's the best. I have, uh, I actually have a set of uh, your Vortex crossfires and the window mount. Uh, oh, yeah. That, that That's you great. Put your, put your window hat down. Oh, it's so good for glass and farmer's fields and like, you know, all, all, oh, amazing. It, it's been like, uh, yeah, it's been such a savior because I'm not trying to like lean out the window or put my arm <laughs> against the side of the, the door just to get through. I just got, you know, beauty, man. It's great. It's, and I believe it mounts as well. I can just take off the window piece and mount it. Drive that's by. right yeah yeah it's one yeah great piece yeah it's awesome well built to like all machined aluminum yes yeah it's, it's beauty so good <laughs> yeah um so if you were i'm curious on your recommendation for like so we do a lot of like 3d shoots in the summer to keep from getting rusty and stuff like that and like you say we get a lot of low light under canopies stuff like that but you don't have the option to mount all you, you can rest them on your bow but that's right. the best you can do so you would recommend a 10 by 42 or something. Yeah, probably 3D, 10, 10 by 42. Yep. And then also, um, if you don't want to use your bow as a rest, like just on the cam, right, and just uh, yep. balance it on there, I find the binocular harnesses, you know the ones that you put around your your neck, they sit, yep. and yep. You know, it's great for hunting. But also, if they're tight enough, not too tight, but if you bring them up to your eye, they actually create like that dynamic tension, so they're kind of, Oh, it's almost, almost like a stabilizer for you. Right, right. It's the dynamic tension against that harness. Right, right. That's a good idea. So you can, yeah, because I have the same sort of thing. You can pull them, yeah. Yes, it almost acts like a little bit of a stabilizer, too. That's a great idea. I never thought about that. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Because I was always running my straps as loose as possible. Yeah. Just yeah. to have the most freedom of movement with it. Yeah. But, yeah, that, that makes a it's, lot of it's sense. It's funny you mention that, actually, because I've, I've, recently switched in like hotter weather i i lose the the chest pack and i just run the sling that came with the vinyls and where i leave it low like that and once i rest it on the cam they kind of go tight anyway and it, it has made them more steady so i kind of stumbled on it by accident but that's yeah 
next time we shoot 3D, that's exactly what I'm talking Yeah, and yeah. even using your head, like your forehead, if you can rest it on the brow of your your um, forehead there, just where your, your eyebrows are, that'll create a point of contact as well, too. And you should be able to see it clearly through the binoculars as well, too. So. I always interlock my middle fingers. Yeah, you want, you want to create like a tripod yeah. with your your arms and that. So the more point of contact that you have, yeah, um, the more stable they are. Right. No tuck in the elbows sort of thing. You can, yeah. Of... So I would tuck in the elbows because okay. that's if you you're bringing them into your torso, right? Yeah. So um, and just bring them up so you've got that kind of that you know Structure. that solid flat platform there, and if you've got a binocular harness that's reasonable tightness and um, yep. then that'll also create that dynamic tension so it's giving you uh, stability yeah that's yeah. awesome that's real good advice there I, I like it um and then you were you were mentioning earlier about uh, adjustment to your eye for most people because I, I i agree with you i don't think a lot of people know about your diopter adjustment how to adjust to their eye and stuff like can you can you speak a little bit on how to adjust your diopter and, and to get it clear yeah, so this is, um, I guess on a podcast, it's probably not the, the best place to do that. There yeah. are reasons to do that. But yeah, it's a really simple process. It should only take you about 10 seconds to adjust your binoculars to your eyes. But it's something that a lot of people fail to do. They've never been told how to do it or if they uh, sold the binocular. So the reason that you want to adjust the binoculars for your own eyesight is two reasons is um the two of you fellas your eyesight's different right absolutely oh, very much so <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah so just you and you and me my, the power of my left eye is different from my right eye yeah. right so i've got to not only just because you may be sharing with someone else but just my eyes um i've got to adjust them for the power of both eyes so right so it's uh i'll try and do this i don't have any uh, visual aid here or binoculars to show you so what you want to do is find something about 10 to 20 yards away just as a reference point to look at so i always suggest if you're in a store look at it like a poster on the wall where there's fine printing or something like that something that you can bring into sharp focus so the first step that you want to do if you can visualize this is you want to um, you want to cover the left objective lens, right? Um, so you put your hand over the left objective. Okay. And what you want to do is keep both eyes open and then use the center focus wheel um, until whatever you're looking at, whether it's the print on the poster, comes into sharp focus, okay. right? And then the second step, without moving, what you want to do now is cover the right eye and use the diopter um, on your left eye and ensure that um, what you're looking at comes into sharp focus. So now with that diopter, you've actually adjusted uh, for your individual eyesight. So you should never have to adjust that diopter again. Okay, okay, so that'll just stay in place, yeah. locked down, and then the rest is just your your just your focus, adjust, yeah. focus, focus yeah. adjustment. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So that'll switch if you are uh, using glasses, because obviously glasses correct for everyone, so you may have to make some adjustments right. with that diopter, and that's on the right, typically on most binoculars, it's on the right uh, eyepiece there. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Yeah, that's, no, that's wonderful, because I know a lot of guys who don't, 
even know what a diopter is, I think. You know what I mean? Like, they just buy binoculars and call it a day and go on. Well, I just always went, oh, well, I'll just pull that out as much as it can go, and I'll match up the other one, and I'm good. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, that's awesome. Uh, your your podcast listeners will probably forget this. But, again, there's lots of optics online. We've got great op- great resources online to show you how to do that. And, again, once you do it, it should take you less than 10 seconds. Yeah. And it's easy. makes it easy. Um, even if you want to share binoculars with other people, just knowing how to make that small adjustment. And then a lot of people, what they'll do, and I suggest against this, is close their eyes when they're making these adjustments. That's why I always say, don't close your eyes, just cover up the eyepiece um, that you're looking through and keep both eyes open. And why do you think that is? Both eyes open wide. You close one, you're going to be changing your depth perception. You're going to be changing yep, exactly. your view. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and then the muscles on your face, like your ocular muscles, tighten up. So oh, you're not yeah. going to be able to make um, proper, dis- like a focusing decision for the other eye. That's why I say keep both eyes open. That's great. Like, great. Yeah, like, yeah, no, thank you so much. Um, do you have any, uh, any, uh, any insight, like, when it, when it comes to spotting scope? So, I set up, like, I have a, an, an outdoor range in my backyard, basically, and I want to kind of set up a, a spotting scope for just, just right next to me, right next to my bow hanger, stuff like that, for, uh, for practice. And I practiced out about, I think, 80 yards is probably as far as we get on, on that. What, what line of spotting scope do you recommend for tech? Yeah, so you're only looking at are you shoot are they 3D targets? Are they paper? Or? Uh, uh, three, 3D. Okay, so 3D. they're not paper. Yeah. Yeah, so you do want um, paper targets. You can get away with kind of a, a less expensive yeah. scope because you're able to see contrast better, like a narrow um, on a white target. But yeah, so you want a reasonable uh, spotting scope. Gain uh, 80 yards, you're not, it's not that far, so you can get away with a smaller spotting scope. Maybe up to 40, 40 power will be enough like to see. You know, if you're looking at where the arrows are grouping and yep. uh, they're on the line uh, of the target or not. So, yeah. yeah. And then there's two formats of scopes. There's like a straight spotting scope where if you visualize like a binocular, you're looking straight through it. Yeah. And then there's also an angled scope. So angled scopes kind of look like they're kind of like a dog leg and you look down. You know? So angled scopes are good if you're sharing a spotting scope with someone so because a straight spotting scope you're going to put it right up how tall you are looking through right yeah um but if you want to share a spotting scope with someone an angled one is great or if you're in a prone position and you know you've got it down beside you uh, an angled one is great you can look down as opposed to tilting your head up and down so western hunt uh, yeah yeah so if you're western hunting or birding or you're going to be looking up right yeah. Um, then an angled scope is better because it's difficult to yeah. I can visualize looking up with a straight spotting scope. But for what you're doing, I would say if you're only going to be you're the only one going to be looking through the scope. Yeah. Um, I would say a straight spotting scope because it's actually easier when you're looking straight at something to get on target versus oh, looking right. down and you kind of get your hand-eye coordination a little bit not as as if you're looking straight through something like that. Right, right. So for that straight spotting scope, 65 millimeter is the front lens objective. So again, that's how much light comes in. Yeah. And that's fine like, to discern uh, arrows at, uh, you know, up to 80 yards away. 
Yeah, so your crossfire line would be perfect for something like that. Yeah, diamond diamondback um, is the one that I suggest. Most archers have yeah, yeah. a diamondback. Yeah, uh, yeah. Whether they're uh, uh, field three uh, D um, hunters, diamondback line is, is the one that I suggest. And that falls in your line of, of equipment where? Roughly somewhere in the middle of the Diamondback stuff? Yeah, so Diamondback yeah. is kind of in the middle. And yeah. Diamond, in that kind of category of whether it's binoculars, rifle scopes, or spotting scopes, is really our most popular for, yeah. for most hunters in, uh, in Eastern Canada. Yeah, yeah. And your razors are, are the, the king yeah. of all of them. Yeah, razor is our the top of the line. Top uh, tier. Top tier. Yeah, yeah. You guys have such good pricing too on your optics. You, yeah, you, you, yeah, you know what I mean. Like you have the most reasonable prices for the quality of equipment you're getting. You're getting top tier equipment at reasonable prices. Like how do you guys keep it so so reasonable? Well, it's I mean it's a I, it's a great story. I can talk how great the company is because I work for them. Well, yeah, that's what we're going to hear. <laughs> but I mean, but uh, I think just because of. Um, Kind of the foundation of our company was that we wanted uh, it's the, our our service. Anything else isn't about us; it's about our customer, right? It's all about the customer. And uh, just kind of the growth that we've had, being able to, you know, in the marketplace and kind of get bigger. And as you get bigger in the marketplace, you're as a manufacturer, you're allowed to buy and uh, have great volumes. And yeah. but I think, uh, and again, I don't want to get too commercialized. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for us, it's been a warranty. Um, we've had VIP warranty, which has been unmatched in the marketplace. And yeah, yeah. I can say that I haven't been with Vortex a great deal of time, but I've been a, a competitor with Vortex for many years. And, uh, but uh, the, the warranty itself was has been proven because we've had it for twenty years. And the life of your product, or you know, binoculars, spotting scope, rifle scope, even apparel, or laser rangefinder if you do anything to it drop it break it run it over shoot an arrow through it it's covered for life. yeah yeah that's pretty amazing yeah like, to have a lifetime warning on something like that yeah and, it's, like, and, I, and, I, and i don't say that from a boastful perspective but no, for no. me working for this company i'm just you know so proud to be part of it yeah yeah it's it's pride, it actually yeah, looks yeah. like it's not high in the sky yeah, you know, yeah, warranty. It's something we've been around for years, yeah. and it's yeah, yeah. tested and true, right? So, yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, we won't take up any more of your time. We appreciate you coming on. It's been great, very insightful. And Absolutely. All that stuff. Maybe we can grab you tomorrow if you're still around, and we can talk a little bit more. Stories of uh, I, the first deer that I put an arrow through. Uh, yeah, so me just the excitement. Just the, yeah, yeah. yeah. The first year I put an arrow through. Yeah, and just the excitement of uh, dressing that year. I think I left more blood in the forest from my finger than I did with the deer. Oh yeah, that was yeah. It was a, one of those you know as a boat though. You, you get wound up and scoops, right. Yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. No, I appreciate it, man. Thank you very much. We'll grab you tomorrow, and we'd love to hear that story. Awesome, man. Thanks. Thank you.